Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Beth Fredette, CIO at Children's Medical Center of Dayton. In this segment, Fredette talks about partnering with Greenway to help physician practices go electronic, the challenges that specialists face in meeting quality measures, and why her team is reevaluating its policies on patient data access. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're welcome. It's my, my pleasure. So to get us started off, can you give, uh, give the readers and listeners some information about Children's Medical Center of Dayton, um, where you're located, number of beds, things like that? Okay, sure. Um, we are a small pediatric um, facility located in uh, Dayton, Ohio. We have 155 beds. We do roughly 75,000 ER visits every year. Um, about 300,000 outpatient visits and um, roughly 7,300 admissions uh, every year. And do you have um, any, like, affiliations, things like that? We do not. We are a uh, freestanding pediatric hospital. We do have um, some alliances or, you know, relationships. Uh, We do some joint things with other facilities, but we are a freestanding pediatric hospital hospital. Okay. And now as far as um, the physicians, do you have both uh, employed physicians and um, you know, physician offices that you work with or have uh, affiliations with? We do. I think we have roughly uh, 80 employed physicians, but we have uh, 250 active staff physicians. Um, we do not uh, currently own any pediatric um, offices in the community, but we have uh, relationships and connectivity with a number of them in the, in the community. Okay. So, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But first, um, as far as the clinical application environment, um, you have uh, Epic for clinicals? We do. We have been an Epic uh, shop since about 2006 is when we signed our agreement with Epic. Um, and then uh, we run, you know, SunQuest for our laboratory. We have G packs um, for radiology, but um, largely uh, Epic for all of our order entry and, and documentation, both on the inpatient and the ambulatory side. Okay. And now, uh, what about the physician practices that that you do work with? Um, are most or some of them on EPIC, or, or how does that work in terms of uh, data exchange? Very uh, few of them are actually on EPIC. Um, most of our community practices are you know, running Athena or Greenway. We've actually recently um, started helping some of the physician practices in the, the area. Um, we've partnered with Greenway um, to, to do an EMR if our physicians do not have an EMR. Um, in place today, but we've got actually a great uh, product. Uh, We use Medicity where we connect with uh, community practices who are interested um, primarily for result delivery, but we are able to accept inbound um, orders for those pediatricians who um, wish to use our laboratory or radiology services um, when they refer their kids um, over here so then we can directly send uh, results back to their to their EMRs, and that enables them to stay within their EMR um, and choose our lab or our you know other diagnostic services uh, for their patients. Okay, 
And now in terms of uh, other hospitals, are you part of uh, the Care Everywhere network? We are. Um, in addition, we are actually also part of the State of Ohio um, Clinisync, the, the HIE that um, is connected to a number of the Ohio hospitals. So um, our physicians, um, primarily if they want to get information from other, other folks, use the, the Care Everywhere network to do that. Okay. Now, you mentioned Clinisync, and that seems to to be uh, one of the HIEs that has a pretty high level of participation and engagement. Um, and, you know, it, it, there there's several, I guess a couple dozen hospitals involved, and that, that's something that I think uh, a lot of states are having trouble with. Um, what do you think has, has been the key to, to getting that engagement? Well, um, I think so. They, their underlying infrastructure is also um, Medicity, which I think is a, a pretty solid um, platform for that exchange. They sort of seem to have uh, figured that out. Um, so, you know, right now um, there are a number of us sort of contributing, you know, to that. Um, I'm not sure how many people draw on information, you know, from that, but uh, it's still somewhat in its infant stages, but, um, you know, so far we've um, been pretty successful with that. Right. And how, how long have you been um, part of Clinisync? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say um, for probably the last 18 months, maybe, 12 to 18 okay. months. Okay. As far as a meaningful use, how are you positioned? So we um, have um, received our Stage 1 um, you know, funding. We actually, uh, having implemented Epic, put us in really, a really great position to be able to apply for um, funds under, you know, Medicaid. Um, actually, uh, a couple of years ago. So, um, we have a number of things to finish before we apply for Stage Two um, money. But we actually, uh, Stage One or 90 day, and our, and then the whole year of. Um, application, we've been successful in obtaining those funds. Okay. And now as far as, as stage one, was it something that was fairly straightforward or were there like particular kind of uh, challenges for you? Well, it was, um, for the most part, it was fairly uh, straightforward. Some of the challenges for us, though, were that all of the quality measures were for non-pediatric um, diseases, you know, such as stroke and DVT. So, you know, we really don't have patients that, that have those things. Um, yeah. We've had, you know, issues with, um, not issues, but challenges with the release of information for adolescents, um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, our kids have uh, the proxy accessed by their parents has been a little bit of a challenge or just really deciding, you know, what age is appropriate for all of that. And then not necessarily attributable to meaningful use, but the relative size of our organization and sort of the, the IT staff size, you know, just always poses a challenge um, for us to, you know, meet really big initiatives or, you know, accomplish, you know, what we do with the small staff that we do. What's, what's the approximate size of your staff? Um, so... For uh, IT and telecom, um, we have about 80 uh, full-time employees. Now, as far as, as the quality measures piece, is that something that um, was revised or at, at all for uh, Stage 2, just as far as, you know, uh, 
the uh, the challenges it presents for for pediatric hospitals? I think so. With stage two, they've added um, pedi- some pediatric measures, but um, for us, you know, it's um, we'll have to analyze those measures because selecting an objective that meets sort of the broader spectrum of all specialists that we have, you know, we just want it to be, you know, meaningful and important to them. Um, For example, you know, uh, is it important for a dermatologist to look at blood pressure or to even, you know, record that? So it's, um, we just have to evaluate that and make sure we meet the needs of the the broadest spectrum of our, our specialists that we can. Okay. And now the the uh, the patient information piece you you brought up is is interesting because, um, you know, as you said, you're dealing with teenagers who, some of whom I'm sure want to access their information, and we know that they are, for the they are largely uh, tech savvy. Um, how is this something that that you're working to address, just as far as you know, when they get to see that information, and uh, you know how that works uh, with their parents and family members. So we're currently um, evaluating and revising those policies, but in in general, um, a teen, you know, over the age of 12 can have access to their information. I think at 14, you know, we ask them, do you still want your parent, you know, to have access to your information? And it's it's largely, you know, up to them, um, you know, to to make that that decision. Um, So it's... um, it's a challenge, and um, it's hard to explain to parents, you know, uh, of children of minors that, you know, they may not be allowed to have access to that um, based on their child's answer. So um, yeah. we're currently reviewing all that, so um, more to come on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like that could get really tricky. Um, do you have any – is there a patient portal at this point? We do. Um, we use um, Epic's My Chart, and we call it My Kids Chart, um, and that's actually been um, very successful uh, for us or for those um, patient populations that we've rolled it out for. You know, parents really love being able to see their children's results. Um, you know, make appointment requests, uh, refill prescriptions. Uh, they can even communicate with their their providers. So it's been a, a very successful. Um, implementation for us. Okay. Now, um, are you doing anything with telehealth at this point, or do you have plans to do so in the future? We actually, starting next week, are kicking off uh, a series of meetings to talk about, um, you know, really what our our business um, strategy is going to be relative to telehealth. So I anticipate that um, we will have a strategy probably in the next year relative to that. Okay, well, that's that's an exciting thing. Um, yeah, I I guess it's uh, well. If you said you're just just starting to talk about it, it it's kind of uh, early stages. But that's that's something that uh, you know I, I know a lot of organizations want to get into, but then you just have to tackle the uh, the big issues, you know, the the, the cost issue and um, whether you're dealing with with physicians who have to uh, cross state lines, things like that. Right, and reimbursement and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, um, in terms of uh, data warehousing, um, what what 
what's your strategy as far as data management, and, and do you have any plans, or are you doing anything with uh, analytics? Um, currently, um, we have not uh, really done anything with that. I mean, we do general reporting out of all of our core systems, obviously Epic being the biggest one at this point. And we actually just went live um, July 1st with Epic's revenue cycle. So now, greater opportunity. We've got all of our financial and clinical data sort of housed in the, the same system. Um, we've actually uh, been talking a bit about analytics and um, you know, sort of uh, business intelligence and where do we go from here. Um, again, we are incredibly small um, and don't, you know, have the large uh, staff to, to, do, um, to do all of that. So um, we'll really look to Epic um, and kind of what tools they can afford us and, you know, how we'll be able to, um, to start, you know, mining some of that, all that valuable data that, that we have. Um, we need to understand really what our our you know business needs are. You know what kind of kind of data they they want to be able to make those you know, outcome sort of decisions. Um, so we're just you know starting down that path as well. Okay. And what did you uh, previously have in place for revenue cycle? Um, we were on an old um, McKesson series um, okay. system. So it's just just easier to go with, uh, you know, one of the the, the vendors you're already using for uh, for clinicals and things like that. Correct. Yeah. That because we're so small, our um, strategy is really not a best of breed strategy. We have sort of a core set of vendors that we that we try to use. That makes sense. Um, now I've seen some uh, information on on the site about. Um, Destination 2020, and, and then some of the plans there um, for a, a new patient tower. Is this something that's still in like the early planning stages at this point? Well, so we've already um, uh, well, we've actually started tearing things down. You know, part one uh, one of the things with the new patient tower is that my um, data center has to move. So not a lot of people have that wonderful opportunity to move a data center. So um, we're actually in the process of building a, a new data center, which actually should be available to us um, in the October timeframe. So then we'll start, you know, staging all of that. But um, we, all of our staff, were located where they're doing the new patient tower. So we've moved roughly 200 people to um, a new location to accommodate that, and they've started, you know, tearing down. Um, Building so, but yeah, definitely all the the plans are sort of complete. Um, uh, we're working on you know all the cool technology you know that will be able to house uh, in the new tower. You know what a great opportunity you know to be able to build all of that sort of from the the ground up. Oh yeah, I think sure. We're targeted right. to open I think in 2017 with that with the new tower. Okay. Yeah, I would think that that's that's a really cool opportunity, especially with you know when most of the time you're dealing with with buildings that aren't necessarily old but are older. So right, and trying to retrofit. Yeah, this what a perfect time to implement cool new stuff. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.